Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum. This is Dr. Wakar. Welcome to my podcast on AKP series. So far we have completed the cases on CVS, respiration, hematology and oncology and now going on nephrology. The previous case was on UTI. Today we have one case, a 3 year old boy and he has only lethargy. He presented to you with the lethargy. And this case is all totally conceptual. Uh, first I am telling you an option or options. First I am telling you options. Uh, you have to choose the one answer. The options are nephrogenic diabetes insipidus, primary hyperaldosteronism, rotavirus causing vomiting, salt poisoning, syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone. And after that how will you treat, uh, I is asking the about fluid regime. So from the options you can recognize, so the, this is all conceptual case as we know from the task and uh, foundation of practice that uh, we have, we must have to understand the concept of uh, these kind of questions. Otherwise it is very difficult to uh, choose the correct answer. Whatever tables we memorize and whatever we do, but it's very difficult. So let us uh, read the case. So you are in the clinic, you have received a 3 year old boy and he has history of week long, a week long uh, progressive lethargy and sleepiness. Only he has a one week history of progressive lethargy and sleepiness. But you have found that he is drinking slightly more than usual but his appetite has reduced over this time period. There are no other specific symptoms, in particular no indication of headaches or visual disturbance, disturbances. His parents and one sibling are well and there are known, no known illness in, this, in his family. He is not taking any regular medications apart from occasional paracetamol. So this is the history of 3 year old boy, only one week history of progressive lethargy and sleepiness and uh, you find some that he is drinking slightly more than usual and there is loss of appetite the rest of examination is almost normal so you examine the boy and you found that he is drowsy but drowsable and his GCS is Glasgow coma scale score is recorded as 10 GCS is low which is 10 his eyes are slightly sunken Heart rate is 150 per minute. The normal rate in this age it should be less than 140. So he is having tachycardia. And his blood pressure is 70 by 40, 45 mmHg. Heart sounds are normal. Respiratory rate is 34 per minute. There is no recession and breath sounds are normal. There is no chest recession. Breath sounds are normal. Respiratory rate 34. No abnormalities are found on examination of the abdomen and neurological systems, fundi are normal. So this was your examination regarding this 3 year old boy. You order some investigations and you find that sodium is 160 millimole per liter, the normal is 135 to 45 around. And the potassium is 5.3 which is upper normal, around normal, you can say it is the normal 3.5 to 5.5 is the normal. Bicarb is 28 millimole per liter, which is also upper limit, upper range of the normal. Urea is 10.1 millimole per liter. The urea seems to be high. Urea normal is 2.5 to 7.8 millimole per liter. 
and creatinine is 144 mmol per liter so creatinine is also high the normal range is till 120 60 to 120 glucose is 6.1 millimole per liter so here abnormal investigations that urea creatinines are impaired and also sodium is very high which is 166 urine dipstick and normal dipstick which is normal and osmolality which is first morning osmolality is 100 milliosmol per kg so this is the history examination and investigation now you have to choose from the following options that it could be the salt poisoning syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone nephrogenic diabetes insipidus primary hyperaldosteronism rota virus causing vomiting so just choose the one options from the above history and examination and investigations so after that how will you treat this boy that select the one answer will you give him IV fluids at maintenance rate with 0.18% saline 5% dextrose IV fluids at maintenance rate plus 10% with 0.9% saline IV fluids at maintenance rate plus 10% with 0.18% saline 5% dextrose oral fluids at maintenance rate plus 10% with 0.45% saline 5% dextrose oral, oral fluids at maintenance rate plus 10% without saline so how will you treat because this uh, management is very important how will you manage that boy even though GCS is 10 heart rate is high and with hypernatremia which is severely hypernatremic and the normal potassium so how will you treat this so the uh, answer of the first question this is the nephrogenic diabetes insipidus and you will treat with oral fluids at maintenance rate plus 10% dextrose without saline so even though GCS is 10 and uh, heart rate is high low BPs we will treat oral fluids at maintenance rate plus 10% without saline and this is the diagnosis, diagnosis of nephrogenic diabetes insipidus so let us explore, explore why oral fluids the history indicates a recent onset of lethargy without any indications of renal cause the investigations show hypernatremia with a normal potassium level and low urine osmolality so here the key points is hypernatremia with normal potassium whenever we see either uh, either the hypernatremia or hyponatremia we will look for the potassium hypernatremia with normal potassium level and low urine osmolality these things are uh, key points in that case so and there is evidence of dehydration what is evidence of dehydration heart rate is high blood pressure is low this is the dehydration even urea is high in the dehydrated patient so these are evidence of uh, evidence of the dehydration so this is hypernatremic dehydration with normal potassium so primary hyperaldosteronism leads to sodium retention and potassium loss in Syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone SAD causes hyponatremia due to inappropriate retention of water without a change in sodium balance. 
So first of all, we should know the what is aldosterone. What is the function of aldosterone? It is the mineralocorticoid hormone, or also called a steroid hormone. If we know the normal function of aldosterone, then it will be easy for us. If whenever we see the hyperaldosteronism or hypoaldosteronism, we can recognize uh, very easily by the investigations. So this aldosterone, which is produced by zona glomerulosa of adrenal cortex in the adrenal gland. And the function, uh, main function of this uh, aldosterone to excrete of uh, potassium to maintain in our uh, maintain the potassium in our body, and also the sodium and hydrogen. So aldosterone excrete the potassium from our body from the collecting duct of the adrenal cortex. So it reabsorbs the sodium as well. So it will take the sodium and it will give the potassium and hydrogen to excrete out from our body. This is nothing is free. So definitely it will give us sodium to maintain our blood pressure and our sodium level in our body and gives the potassium and hydrogen to the nephron to take it out from our body. So whenever aldosterone level becomes increased, means it will give more potassium, more excrete out the potassium in our body. So potassium will be low. So aldosterone is high, potassium will go more, so, so it will take more sodium from the nephron. So BP will be increased, blood pressure will be increased. And hypoaldosteronism, it will be opposite effect. It will take more potassium and it will give more sodium. So definitely hyperkalemia and hypotension. It will cause the hyperkalemia and hypotension. So this is the normal function of aldosterone. So he says primary hyperaldosteronism leads to sodium retention. Hyperaldosteronism, now we know that it will cause sodium retention and potassium loss. And syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone causes hyponatremia due to inappropriate retention of water without a change in sodium balance. For that we should know the what is the function of antidiuretic hormone. This is a vasopressin which is made by hypothalamus and is stored in the posterior pituitary gland and which binds the receptor on the collecting duct and promotes reabsorption of water back into circulation. This is the function of antidiuretic hormone and it also constricts the arterioles which increase peripheral vascular resistance. So now it, if it is inappropriately high, it not come from the posterior pituitary, some other source so definitely it will uh, reabsorb the water from our uh, collecting duct so whenever water will come in our body the sodium level automatically will be low so that is called uh, that is the effect of CR syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone so neither would fit the clinical picture in this case Nephrogenic diabetes insipidus, dehydration and salt poisoning produce hypernatremia with normal potassium. So three conditions, hypernatremia with normal potassium. Nephrogenic diabetes insipidus, dehydration and salt poisoning. So how to differentiate? The hypernatremic dehydration seen as a result of excessive water loss would be associated with high urine osmolality as the kidneys attempt to conserve water. So if urine osmolality will be high, now urine osmolality, hypernatremic dehydration seen as a result of excessive water loss would be associated with high urine osmolality. Okay, so kidney will try to conserve the water. Salt poisoning would be associated with the high urine osmolality as the body attempts to excrete sodium and would 
clinical features of water retention in our case urine osmolality is low so we can rule out the salt poisoning as well the picture of hypernatremia in the face of low urine osmolality is consistent with diabetes insipidus in which the kidneys continue to excrete water despite dehydration so nephrogenic diabetes insipidus may be congenital or acquired congenital ndi nephrogenic diabetes insipidus usually pres uh, presents in the first year of life but in our case it was 3 years old boy but 13% of patients present later than 30 months of age acquired ndi is generally the result of acute severe kidney injury so there is acute uh, there is uh, congenital and acquired congenital usually they present in the first year of life but also some can present at the age of 30 months later than 30 months and acquired causes uh, due to kidney injury when correcting hypernatremic dehydration the use of enteral fluids in a patients who can tolerate them capit capitalizes on the normal homeostatic mechanism using intravenous fluids may force a obligatory further excretion of water to accommodate any infused sodium sodium homeostasis is linked with water and plasma volume the kidneys do not directly measure sodium levels but use a combination of ros renin angiotensin aldosterone excess and anti diuretic hormone to control both sodium reabsorption and water reabsorption because our body will not detect the sodium if our uh, sodium will be increase or decrease in our body our body will not realize anything about uh, no receptors for the sodium itself to detect that sodium is low or high because of sodium if uh, due to sodium hyponatremia or hypernatremia there is some fluid changes occurs in our body that because of those fluid changes our body will Uh, recognize that this uh, we need some conserve the water or we will need excrete out some water because our uh, sodium levels having some issues so the kidneys do not directly measure sodium levels but use a combination of renin angiotensin aldosterone excess and anti diuretic hormone to control both sodium reabsorption and water reabsorption directly sodium reabsorption and hence water absorption due to osmotic pressure disorders of sodium level are usually but not always caused by abnormalities in plasma tonicity for example effective osmolality of plasma it is effective osmolality that is sensed by cellular osmoreceptors and determines the distribution of water normal uh, normal plasma osmolality is 275 to 290 milliosmol per kg and is reduced mainly by sodium solutes sodium is lar largely an extracellular elect electrolyte ecf and in hypernatremia this increased tonicity pulls water out the cells and results in a in decrease in intracellular volume normally in uh, our body there are three compartments of the fluids uh, uh, plasma interstitial fluid and intracellular fluid so uh, generally we can call them ecf and icf extracellular fluid and intracellular fluid extracellular fluid also uh, interstitial plus plasma that is extracellular and intracellular fluid so we have to maintain the isotonic isotonicity in three of compartments and this is maintained by the mostly maintained by the sodium level
so if sodium will be high in ecf it will take water from the inside the cell this is very basic physiology and if sodium will be low definitely in our body sodium will be low means icf sodium will be increased and it will take the water inside the cell and cell can swallow and it can rupture so in both condition it is very dangerous for our body so normal homeostasis of sodium is largely driven by osmotic pressure and blood pressure supplying the kidney in response to low blood pressure or low osmolality the juxtaglomerular cells release renin which leads to release of angiotensin 2 i remember this uh, one question came in the tos exam uh, renin release from which part of the uh, nephron it was uh, which kind of cells so it was juxtaglomerular cells which is release renin which leads to the release of angiotensin 282 angiotensin 2 increases peripheral vasoconstriction adh release from the anterior pituitary aldosterone release from the adrenal gland and sodium bicarbonate absorption in water from proximal tubules of the kidney so this is the function of angiotensin 2 Aldosterone acts upon the distal convoluted tubule to increase reabsorption of sodium ions and thereby water at response of potassium and hydrogen ions. This results hypokalemia and production of acidic urine. Aldosterone, as I mentioned earlier, the function of the aldosterone is saying upon the DCT, it will act upon the DCT, which increases the reabsorption of sodium ions and thereby water, and in expense of potassium and hydrogen, it will give the potassium and hydrogen, and it will take the sodium. so this results hypokalemia and production of acidic urine because it gives the hydrogen adh acts upon the dct distal convoluted tubules and collecting duct system to increase water reabsorption so this is the basic mechanism of aldosterone and adh now the hypernatremia is defined as sodium level that is greater than 145 millimol per liter and the causes can be classified as those in which body water volume is reduced from inappropriate loss or insufficient intake so two conditions when body water volume be reduced either inappropriate loss or insufficient intake which causes the hypernatremia those in which body sodium intake is excessive or the body sodium intake is excessive the former are associated with evidence of dehydration and weight loss while the latter usually involve volume expansion and thus weight gain so weight loss and weight gain is also important in case of hypernatremic dehydration so whenever there is evidence of dehydration and weight loss it means it could be inappropriate loss or insufficient intake whenever there is weight gain it could be sodium intake is excessive prompt treatment is required but it is important to obtain appropriate blood and urine sample as laboratory values can change quickly hypernatremic dehydration is sometimes seen in breastfeed babies as a result of reduced fluid intake while breastfeeding is being established because we don't know till now science has, doesn't know the how much breast milk intake uh, to the babies uh, only allah knows how much uh, f- uh, baby can feed according to the baby's need but he saying the newborn baby they can develop hypernatremia because of reduced fluid intake due to breastfeeding 
till breastfeeding being established these babies are dehydrated have lost weight have an increased capillary refill time and often have a very high sodium levels younger children similarly at uh, are at risk of hypernatremic dehydration as a result of inadequate fluid intake so the main aim uh, of hypernatremia in the newborn babies and younger children uh, intake is low Assessment of urinary sodium can help in the management of fluids those patients with abnormalities of serum sodium. Now the fractional excretion of sodium fina fractional excretion of sodium it is measured in the percent. So the excreted urinary sodium and expresses this is a percentage of filtered sodium. This when we say fractional excretion of sodium it is the percentage of the filtered sodium it is not in the millimole or micromole it is the percentage so whenever it is under 1% fina is under 1% suggest pre-renal problem and if it is values of above 2% it indicates significant renal energy uh, injury so now we know the pre-renal and post-renal uh, according to the fractional excretion of the sodium sometimes in the exam we can examiner are giving the investigations only and sometimes they are giving the signs and symptoms here if they give the fractional excretion of the sodium if it is under one percent would suggest a pre-renal problem if it is more than two percent which indicates significant renal energy now the concentrated urine and dilute urine what is the difference between concentrated urine and dilute urine concentrated urine means urine osmolality greater than plasma osmolality and dilute urine means plasma osmolality is greater than urine osmolality no need to remember or memorize the normal values just the by definition if urine is concentrated means urine osmolality is greater than plasma osmolality if urine is dilute means plasma osmolality is greater than urine osmolality now concentrated urine means minimal urine sodium minimal urine sodium indicate that the kidneys are attempting to reabsorb sodium and water in response to low plasma volume this is usually found in extra renal fluid loss such as the GI tract, diarrhea and vomiting or inadequate intake including an impaired thirst mechanism. So urine becomes concentrated in, if someone even uh, someone in uh, fasting state for the in month of Ramzan their urine becomes concentrated. So this is because of this reason that urine sodium indicate that kidneys are attempting to reabsorb sodium and water in response to low plasma volume. So this is usually found in extra renal fluid loss such as in the from GI tract, diarrhea and vomiting and inadequate intake including impaired thirst mechanism. Dilute urine, dilute urine, a minimal urine sodium demonstrates that the kidneys are inappropriately releasing dilute urine in the presence of reduced plasma volume, the recognized cause in DI, diabetes insipidus. A water deprivation test is required to confirm the diagnosis. If urine is diluted, it means we should rule out uh, uh, diabetes insipidus, either it is central or uh, renal. The production of dilute urine with excessive amounts of sodium in the urine indicates that the kidneys are inappropriately losing sodium. This would be seen following diuretic administration. Diuresis means increased volume of urine. So he said this would be seen following diuretic administration in osmotic diuresis secondary to glycosuria and post-obstructive diuresis. 
if the patient has a normal circulating volume and in hypernatremic but is found to have a high unit sodium urine osmolality osmolality greater than plasma osmolality then the kidneys are trying to excrete sodium and water in response to high sodium intake iatrogenic accidental or salt poisoning so this statement is very important to understand he is saying if the patient has normal circulating volume and is hypernatremic volume is normal but he is hypernatremic but found to have a high urinary sodium uh, sodium level urine because hypernatremic and urinary sodium is high so urine osmolality is greater than the plasma osmolality in our case the sodium was high but uh the osmolality of the urine will be low but here it is opposite hypernatremia and high urinary sodium levels then the kidneys are trying to excrete sodium in water in response to high sodium intake it means this, uh, that patient is intake of the sodium is more and kidneys are trying to excrete out the sodium with the uh, excrete out the sodium because sodium level is uh, high due to increase intake that is called iatrogenic or accidental or salt poisoning patients hypernatremia with high urinary sodium an accurate assessment of the fluid status of the patient who is hypernatremic will guide further investigations and management those who are dehydrated and shocked will require resuscitation with intravenous 0.9% saline and subsequent reassessment children who are dehydrated but not shocked will benefit from silo correction if patient is shocked we will not think about uh, the sodium and potassium or anything we will treat the shock but either patient is in the fits but if patient is not shocked and not in fits even gcs is low and patient can tolerate oral fluid we will think about the orally preferably using fluids administration interally rapid correction of hypernatremia can cause cerebral osmotic shifts and significant cerebral injury those who are not dehydrated should again have a slow correction of the fluid deficit by intral water intake that exceeds the sodium intake administered sodium in replaced fluids should be calculated and balanced with uh, the requirements of the child Normal saline 0.9% contains 154 millimole per liter and 1500 ml of this fluid will provide 231 millimole of sodium. A five-year-old child who uh, who weighs 20 kg would therefore receive over 11 millimole per kg per day, which is many times the normal daily requirements. so we should think about whenever we see these kind of cases the important things either the hypernatremic dehydration with the uh, pot normal potassium or it is hyperkalemia or hypokalemia and we will look for the also osmolality which is the high urine osmolality is high or uh, plasma osmolality is high so in our case he was a 3 year old boy he has a history of th uh, lethargy only with uh, uh, high heart rate low bp and hypernatremia urine osmolality is uh, uh, lesser than the plasma so it was the case of nephrogenic diabetes insipidus because there was creatinine and urea is also impaired also it was impaired 
and we will think about this way so if decrease in the plasma water of 10% which will lead to increase the sodium concentration from 140 to 154 millimole per liter plasma water 10% will low so sodium can rise from 140 to 154 so it if you will make it opposite if it is increased 10 percent so sodium level can be 126 140 to 126 means 14 millimole of sodium will be high or low according to the uh, plasma water 10 percent decrease of the plasma water 10 percent or either decrease of plasma water 10 percent or increase 10 percent plasma water increase 10 percent it will affect the sodium level around 14 millimole so this was our case today i hope it will help of us after multiple time listening and it is uh, very vital to understand these kind of concepts before appearing to the exam thank you very much assalamu alaikum